0: Welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 299. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Again. You know how, back in the day, when television started, for example, uh, or video, there wasn't a whole lot of recording, right? It was all live. It either happened or it didn't. If the camera wasn't working... Milton Berle didn't go out there and squirt water out of a flower, tell jokes, and whip out his penis. Milton Berle famously had a large penis. In the modern age, of course, we record everything. We record things in advance so that you can hear them later, which is wonderful, except when the recording doesn't work. Case in point, I've already recorded episode 299. Um, why? I don't know. My computer hates me, I guess. Or God does. Or God hates my computer, perhaps, and he's using me to get at it, which seems problematic from a religious standpoint, but uh, this is not a theological podcast, so I'll leave that as it is. suffice to say, this is a little bit like one of those movies, one of those time travel stories where the hero, that's me, has already been through these events, but everyone around me, for them, it's all new. So it's kinda like uh I'm kinda like Bill Murray in Groundhog Day, I guess. So really, maybe this is like the eight hundredth time I've done this episode. Oh god, I'm depressed now. Anyway, let's move on to happier topics. Episode two hundred and ninety nine. Can you believe it? I'm standing on the precipice of the big three hundred. I'm right there on the cliff's edge. My my toes right on the on the edge there, sort of little pebbles falling off the the cliff into the valley below got my buddy behind me you know joking around pretending like he's going to push me off ha, ha ha except maybe a little part of me thinks he might actually do it um i mean we're buddies and all but he's been kind of mad cuz i won't loan him money anymore but i mean how is he going to learn to be responsible be a responsible adult if i keep lending him money but now we're here at this cliff and you know my buddy might want to kill me and you know Maybe that's a bad metaphor. The point is, the next episode you're going to hear after this one, whatever version of this one you hear, will be number 300. And that's pretty cool. Uh, That's like almost a year's worth of episodes if you listen to one every day. not suggesting that you do that, but hey, I'm not going to say no either. Got to get those download numbers up. Uh, Thank you for sticking with the show. I will say more at the end of this episode about what's going to happen in episode 300. I mean, don't get real excited, but I do have something a little different planned. So, uh, so let's save that for later. Mm-hmm. I want to quick get on to this week's game before my computer decides to crap the bed again. Oh, but before I do that, I do want to mention a-, a thing. Normally I wouldn't mention a-, a spam email, but this thing was so weird, I gotta mention it. I'm not going to say who this is from, because I think they're fishing for promotion, and I don't know who this person is, and I don't know what this thing is, so I'm not going to say who it's from. Uh, But here's what the email says. Hi, I love your podcast, and I would like to share with you an, capital A, amazing Atari project. This project enables you to play the Atari games using your hands as motion controls. No joystick needed. I captured and converted the hand poses to electric signals, quote, running, close, quote, through the Atari ports, so your hands control the game. Pretty amazing. He's used amazing twice now in this email. This project is based on computer, capital C, computer vision, and Python coding, running on a Raspberry Pi device with a camera. Please watch this video, which I am not going to do, but apparently there's a YouTube video about this. I will appreciate it if you would mention it in your next podcast episode. Thanks. Okay, I have many questions. Now, the first time I recorded this episode, I did a very half-assed bit of live, as it were, Googling as I was talking about this, and I saw a couple of, of uh, message board kind of forum things that suggested maybe this is a real thing, sort of, kind of, maybe but it sounds like a bunch of hooey to me. You can't just put out a, a, a ROM of Pac-Man that I download and put it on my Harmony card, and now suddenly I can control the thing with my hands. That's just not possible. I could see like um, uh, like a, a, a virtual reality thing, maybe, where you're immersed in Pac-Man, and you're moving your hands and stuff to to move Pac-Man. That's Patman's probably a bad example, but like, um, like uh, Pitfall Harry maybe, or the uh, good examples aren't coming to mind. Like Don, uh, not Donkey Kong. What's his name? Mario picking up the hammer to smash the barrels in Donkey Kong or something. There are better examples, but point is, uh, I don't believe this is a thing. My other thought about this is, even if it is, why would I want to? If I wanted to do uh, a virtual reality immersive, full body hand motion thing, I'll do that. If I want to play an Atari game, I want to play with a joystick because that's part of the charm. The uh, the, the goofy-looking joystick with the red, which is actually more orange, uh, fire button up in the upper left-hand corner, that's part of the nostalgic charm of the Atari. Why would I give that up? So I'm sorry, unnamed person. I am not going to promote your thing on the podcast, except I just did. If anyone has uh, any knowledge of this thing, or opinions on it, uh, you know what to do. Let's get on to this week's game before, you know, the wrath of God comes down upon me again. This week's game is Assault from a company called Bomb, which seems somewhat ironic. We'll talk about that in a minute. 1983. I did actually find a manual for this, but it was a text-only manual, and it was kind of disjointed. I assume there are, like, full-color manuals with pictures and stuff out there but for some reason I couldn't lay my hands or eyes on them that may be more computer issues uh, uh, wrath of Khan. I mean god stuff again I, I, I don't know but the, the text only manual I saw was pretty disjointed um, so I'm not going to go through it in a lot of details here's basically what you need to know assault is your basic fixed shooter you've got a laser cannon that scrolls along the bottom of the screen. There's a mothership at the top of the screen that sends out waves of attacking ships that will shoot at you. The waves, you know, one wave is like your basic uh, crab-looking space creature thing. Another wave is sort of a a standard kind of flying little space saucer thing. Not so much saucer, but like a... uh, Maybe like a Flash Gordon-esque set of ships. There's one wave that looks like the Dow scrubbing bubbles. You know, the ones that work hard so you don't have to. These guys. Dow Bathroom Cleaner tackles the dirty bathroom. Almost everything in the bathroom with scrubbing bubbles. Scrubbing bubbles. <laughs> oh, that's us. Our, our scrubbing action foams your bathroom clean. We disinfect, too. Oh, we do. We really do. No aerosol tub and tile cleaner is tougher on soaps, and germs. But we don't just clean and disinfect surfaces. Oh, no, no. Ooh, no. We make them shine. Oh, the glare. Can't stand the glare. <laughs> scrubbing bubbles and Dow bathroom cleaner. We do the work so you don't have to. Uh, and I think there's one other way if that just kind of looks like generic space creatures. So you move along the bottom of the screen and you shoot at them. Uh, There's a couple little quirks. We've seen this game before, but there's a couple little quirks that make this slightly different. I don't know if it enhances the fun, but it it does mix things up a little bit. One is, when you fire, you have to move the joystick as you're pressing the fire button. And the reason for that is you can fire vertically and horizontally. Um, So you have to aim the joystick whichever way you intend to fire. Um, And that's relevant because there are certain waves of attacking ships that can drop essentially green boogers on you and they when they hit the ground they well not hit the back the green boogers actually just kill you there's another uh, set of ships that will shoot uh, that will drop these little um, uh, i don't know what you call them mini ships i guess that will scroll along the bottom of the screen and you can't move off of the bottom of the screen so you have to shoot them horizontally or you lose your life so that's a little bit different than your typical uh, Galaxian or Space Invaders or whatever. The other thing that kind of mixes things up a little bit is you have a, uh, a temperature gauge, basically. There's a green bar at the bottom of the screen that turns red when your laser cannon is overheating from use, basically. And it's t- really touchy. It, it, it's a little annoying because it overheats really easily. And if you don't do something when it turns red, if you don't stop what you're doing, basically, stop shooting, stop moving, you're going to lose a life again. So that is either fun or annoying or both, depending on how you look at it. There's nothing really weird about the scoring, I don't think. Um, There's no end game to this game. There's no big bad at the end. You just kind of go until you run out of lives. And that is how you play Assault from Bomb 1983.
1: I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast all about life lessons growing up and every episode a segment about music music that i love artists that i admire and sometimes even my own music you can find autobiography of a schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers or you can go to schnookpodcast.com that's S-C-H-N-O-O-K, podcast.com. And I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a
0: schnook proves to be some good
1: that goes around your
0: way. So Bomb was a video game developer based in Asia. The game did not get great reviews. Some people called it a ripoff of Galaxian or Demon Attack. Some people didn't like the graphics. Some thought it was pretty unoriginal, unoriginal, but it was still fun to play and was one of the better releases for the... Uh, from BOMB for the 2600. TV Gamer Magazine called it all in all a very good game. Computer and Video Games Magazine gave the game a positive review. Uh, They especially liked the the vertical and horizontal shooting. The German computing magazine Telematch gave the game 3 out of 6 in its August-September 1983 edition. Video Gaming Illustrated called the game Demon Attack Revisited. 8-Bit Central says that the release quantities were low for NTSC, so they're a very rare cartridge. PAL cards are easier to find, and if you can find one, you should play it. You do see elements of Phoenix and Demon Attack in the game, but don't pigeonhole bombs assault. One must remember that while it borrows elements from other games, it integrates these features into a single game and adds a few tricks of its own, like being able to move and shoot horizontally while being shot at from above. The Retroist said that the game is pretty fast-paced, requires solid hand-eye coordination and endurance. It's frenetic and fun. But I have one complaint, why would you put a Mothership of the size of that size at the top of the screen that I can't shoot? The sound is nice, the graphics while slightly abstract are eye-catching, the Mothership is spectacular and I really enjoyed its changing colors. Not tremendously replayable, but it is a solid title, by Bomb, who only released three other games. Honestgamers.com says I'll admit when I first powered up Bomb's assault cartridge I was prepared to hate it, then I actually played the game. He likes the uh, the variety of weapons that come at you, like the fireballs and so forth. He likes the overheat feature. He likes the vertical and horizontal shooting. The sound is fair, but nothing spectacular. The flaw, major flaw is the graphics. They are really very poor. And it's painfully obvious that they are intended to be an homage to Demon Attack. And by homage, I mean huge flaming ripoff. The game could have much, been much better, but it could also have been much worse. I can honestly say I will be playing Assault long after I write this review. According to Atariage, it looks like the four games that that Bomb put out, at least the four that are represented here, are Assault, Great Escape, Wall Defender, and Z-Tac. I know nothing about those other three games. If anyone has thoughts about any of those games, of course, let me know. Or if you know anything about Bomb the Company and why it only made four games, let me know that too. Alright. After the break, it's an all-out assault on fun. Although if I have to record this podcast again, it will not be fun for anyone. an assault on your senses! See, because the game is called Assault. Anyway, uh, we're playing this game, the one hit question mark from Bomb Game Makers in the 80s. Let's see if it's a bomb or a hit. Yeah, I really gotta stop. Let's just play. I've said many times, What I want from an Atari game is lots of noise, and you shoot things. And that's really all this game is. Here's these things that look like crabs, maybe? Oh, that little bar at the bottom of the screen. When it's red, you're overheating, and you have to stop what you're doing, basically, and wait for it to cool down to green. Your little laser bolts don't go all the way up to the mothership, which is frustrating. Come here.
1: Next we have,
0: uh, generic space game attack creature. Uh, they're coming at you in waves, nothing. No new ground here. We've seen versions of this game many times. Push up on the joystick and press the fire button at the same time. The reason for that is uh, these guys, the Dow scrubbing bubbles, at least that's what they look like to me, drop boogers on you. And if they hit the ground, they come at you horizontally. So you have to be able to shoot horizontally. Let's see if one comes up here before I die and alright I'll try that again real quick the colors are good it's certainly noisy what do you think of this Henry? Henry's uncertain let's turn that down a little bit Already? I really want to show you those horizontal creatures. Not that there's a whole lot to see. you can see, that's me firing horizontally. It's kind of a cool feature, I guess. The overheating thing gets annoying real quick. But, you know, you gotta appreciate their effort to put something different in uh, what essentially is the same game we've seen many times. Man! There's the scrubby bubbles. I guess it's the next wave where they actually drop the things that try to kill you. These guys just drop boogers. There's, uh. I don't know what those are. Man! get to see it uh trust me it's not all that cool actually um like most things on this show so back to you in the studio
1: hey atari fans this is michael one of the hosts of the atari xegs cart by cart podcast join bill david kieran and myself as we review cartridge-based games for the atari's last answer to the 8-bit gaming system as well as delve deep into their history here we'll also introduce everyone to the UK's budget games. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs the number eight bit.com.
0: Second duck on the right, and other very short stories, is my new short story collection. Duck Con Artists, Zombies, Things on Fire, Supervillain Angst, and A Future Without Poop are just a few of the topics in these stories. Also, the occasional Really Bad Poem. Waddle on over to your favorite bookseller, or swim downstream to my website, TarnivalOfGleeCreations.com, for more information. Insert quacking up joke here. Here's the thing about Assault. I kind of liked the game. It does what I have said repeatedly, uh, what I want an Atari game to do. It has bright colors. I'm apparently attracted to bright colors. Uh, It's noisy. Uh, There's lots of ships flying around, and you have to shoot them. And it makes satisfying, old-timey video game sounds. That's what I want from a game like this. Sure, it reminds me of Galaxian and Demon Attack, and Space Invaders, and whatnot, but I don't care. There's lots of games that remind you of lots of other games. That isn't a bad thing, necessarily. I like the vertical and horizontal shooting, too. I think it'd be cool if you could actually move your ship around the screen and shoot horizontally or vertically. That would be interesting. I'm not as much a fan of the the temperature thing. I think it's mostly just annoying, but I guess maybe that's the point to add an extra level of stress to the action or something. I I don't know. I guess it's fine. I I don't love it, but whatever. They didn't ask me. I would play this one more, right? And that's the mark of a good Atari game, right? Are you going to keep playing it? I probably would. Uh, Although, once this episode is done, I may want to forget about it entirely. If you guys haven't forgot about Assault entirely, let me know what you think. It's story
1: time on Natari Bites. Yes it's story 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 time
0: with Bill This week's story is titled A Salt Story. The two men sit at opposite ends of the table. One is hunched over in grey in cloak and personality, the other is very nearly vibrating with excitement. Or anticipation, or possibly both. Before each man is a metal bowl with a bit of broth. The nose of the hunched gray man hovers mere inches above the bowl. Salt, he grunts. His name is Bledsoe. A solid, predictable, and in many, but not all, ways good choice of seasoning and entree. The other man, Tompkins, says. His enthusiasm ricochets off the dark stone walls. The lenses within the ruby frames perched on his nose glint in the candlelight. Bledsoe's gaze doesn't waver from the middle distance between that bowl of soup and his eventual grave. He craves sodium the way other people crave companionship. Salt, Bledsoe repeats between slurps. Tompkins sees an opening, sits up a bit taller. Did you know, he asks, that salt was once so important people traded it for valuable things? Bledsoe's spoon never wavers from its steady rhythm, mouth, bowl, mouth, bowl. The faintest slurp and the occasional clink of spoon on bowl are the only noises to disrupt the gloom. The double oak doors at the west end of the dining room creak open just enough to admit a tall woman in a long, sequined dress. She is Katrina, and she takes a seat at the table equidistant between Bledsoe and Tompkins. What's that? Tompkins screams and points. Katrina's eyes follow his finger to the east end of the room. When she looks back, a metal bowl of soup has appeared on the table before her. Gotcha, Tompkins says, making a finger gun. Dinner is served. Katrina studies the thin broth before her. Ginger, she says breathily. Ah, yes, Tompkins says, a common salt substitute. The spice appears on the table. Handle the ginger gingerly, of course, Tompkins says, laughing at his own joke. Katrina and Bledsoe exchange a glance. Tompkins might be a hopeless cause. Salt! Bledsoe says, returning to his bowl. The massive double doors open again, admitting a tall figure in a hood and cloak the color of congealed blood. He approaches the table, but does not sit. Soup, the figure commands. The tin appears before even Tompkins can summon it. He is taken aback by this usurpation of his host duties. Salt, Bledsoe interjects, still slurping away from what may indeed be an endless bowl of broth. The faceless figure stares directly at Tompkins, a chill frosting his glasses. Red pepper flakes, the figure says, not so much with words, but with the force of his will. Tompkins is both elated and dismayed. A magnificent salt alternative, he cries. Flavor and heat. Alas, the castle is without red pepper flakes. Salt, Bledsoe says, as if this fixes everything. Katrina offers the ginger to the nameless guest. The dark figure regards the other three for a moment. Then in a single fluid motion, he tips the stout oak dining table. As if this was expected, Katrina and Bledsoe are able to save their bowls from disaster. Bledsoe's spoon rhythm never wavers. The faceless one turns to Tompkins and points, like the reaper himself. This is not the end, he says, and exits. One does hate to see a party end. Tompkins says, mostly to have something to say. Katrina watches him leave, then turns to Tompkins. Lovely party, but he's my ride. She follows the hooded figure out. Tompkins dithers a moment. Then a realization hits him. I'm also the valet! He runs out of the room. Bledsoe pays Tompkins no mind, but then moments later, realizing he's alone, sets his spoon down on the overturned table and looks around the dining hall. I said... Bledsoe says to the empty room. I wanted some salt. The fires of hell incinerate the castle. Ironically, a massive salt mine is unearthed. Hi, this is
1: 8-Bit Rocket, Jeff Fulton, from the Into the Vertical Blank Generation Atari podcast. And you are listening to the incomparable William Pepper and his wonderful stories of the game within a game on the Atari Bytes podcast. When you are done here, come visit us in the Vertical Blank. Now back
0: to Bill. And that's our show. Possibly, maybe I don't know. Until the next time I have to record it. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and Comptech.com for Creative Commons use of his songs "Reformat," "Take a Chance," and "Pinball Spring." Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. You, good person, can leave a five-star review of this podcast. Warning potential new listeners of the assault on the senses that is this show. Maybe don't tell them that I mentioned Milton Burl's penis. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at AtariBytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, do please check us out on Instagram. Don't forget, you can call us too. And it's not live. It's recorded. So, you know, God help you. But you can call and record a voicemail at 563-265-1978, say whatever you want in your message, and there's a pretty good chance I'm going to play it on this podcast. That's how desperate I am for material. Check out the website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com, for all sorts of information about this show, Atari Bytes, about my other show, it's a podcast, Charlie Brown, and about books that I've written, like Second Duck on the Right, and other very short stories. I would also really like to, if you'd appreciate, if you would consider supporting the show to help keep the uh, lights on here in the studio, to, uh, you know, to add to my fund for tissues to dry my tears when I have to record episodes, by subscribing over on the Atari Bytes page on Patreon.com, link in the show notes. If you do that, you will also get my sincere thanks, and sort of kind of virtually but not really because you're just on a list. You're not like at a party. But you can, in that sense, hang out with these fine folks who have my eternal gratitude. Michael Tyler, Jose Gazeta, Sean Courtney, M. West, Patrick McCarthy, Jeremy L., Mark Super, and Jim Doble. Thanks to one and all. We're about out of here. Again. Until the next time I have to record this. So all that's left is to tell you next time on Atari Bytes. I've already alluded to this. But it's our 300th episode, because that's how numbers work. So, as has sort of become tradition every 100 episodes, instead of uh, telling a story or playing a video game, uh, I'm going to debut a board game. And this time, it's the board game version. I don't know if it's the definitive one, there may be others. But it is a board game version of Space Invaders, which uh, Santa Claus brought to me at Christmas. And I thought it would be fun. To share with all of you. Or it could be an absolute train wreck. I don't know. You'll have to tune in to find out. Uh, So you'll see me. And anyone that I can make sit down with me. To play this. In our 300th episode. Next time on the podcast. If you guys have played Space Invaders. The board game. Let me know what you think. And I'll share the comments on the show. Alright. Well that's about it. uh, Other than to tell you. uh, To remember one thing. Go play some old games. They've missed you. This is the part where if I was Bill Murray in that movie, uh, I would get to kiss Andy McDowell. You'll just have to imagine that. Or don't, because that's weird.
1: Oh. Okay.